good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Here we go. Hour number two of the show, off and running with you. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, a first hour, a full hour, of mostly reacting to Mississippi State hiring Jeff Levy as its head football coach. A little bit more of that, and then we got a special guest coming up here who I look forward to hearing from. I think you will, too. I'm Matt Beavers here. With us in the Bureau, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Tide Man texts the show and says, what an amazing Iron Bowl. I messaged you uh, my article about the game on Facebook. Happy birthday to Beaver and Roll Tide. Tide Man, yeah, listen, got it. Thank you for that. It was a heck of a ball game. You know, it, and, and the way it started, it had the look. In the first few minutes of, uh, it's going to be a bad day for Auburn. Like, they're coming off that loss to New Mexico State, and they went three and out and looked terrible, right? Right off the bat. Next thing you know, you just blink, and Alabama's up seven zip. But here they came, man. You credit Auburn. That Iron Bowl is just a whole different deal. It's like it's the most interesting game in the country every year, it seems like to me. Uh, but it was, like, super competitive. As the game went on, Auburn's offense got better. Dug in, defense started getting some stops, kept it close, got the lead late, as we know. And just in a situation where you, if you're Auburn and you're Hugh Freeze, you just got to make one play. <laughs> you just got to make one play. And, you know, look, with everything that happened that put them back there 35, 40 yards away, that kid Milrow, fastest guy on their football team. It's almost like he doesn't even at times realize how fast he is. But to stay in the pocket there and then use his arm, and his arm is lightning. I mean, mechanically, throw in motion, everything is so tight, so quick, and you saw right there a little bit of time, stay in the pocket and throws a dart to the back pylon. Did the Alabama receiver push off? Yeah. Are they going to... Probably swallow the whistle in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that's what they did. Okay, they're, they're not going to call the push-off on the Alabama receiver on that situation. Did he push off? Yes. Would other teams be called for that offensive interference, you know, offensive P.I. push-off? Yeah, other teams would have. Sure they would. And that officiating crew had a hard time, too. You know, <clears throat> Alabama kind of got the short end of the stick earlier in, in the middle part of the game when they called Alabama on that offsides where you go hard count, Bama jumps in a neutral zone, Auburn snapped the ball. Well, Auburn had three guys in motion. It was so clear that it's two fouls, one on either team. you got a false start and an offsides. It should be offsetting. But the problem is I don't think the officials wanted to peel it the onion back, because then the question is going to be, well, if you, if it's a false start, that's a pre-snap penalty. So if you call pre-snap penalty on Auburn, you can't call then a snap penalty on Alabama, and it'd be equal. <laughs> and I think the officiating crew just freaked out and called it against Alabama as a makeup for the missed decapitation face mask in the first quarter they didn't call. <laughs> 
But, but, as they say, I digress. <laughs> okay. Uh, listen up. You know, last night they had a big shindig out at the airport when Jeff Levy and Zach Selman flew in to Starkville from Oklahoma. Lots of people there, uh, in- including this guy. You hear him on the radio all the time. This is what it sounded like when he called a touchdown in the Egg Bowl. Marks the running back left of Rodgers in the gun. Rodgers is going to keep it. He's going to run straight ahead, and Will Rodgers will score. Touchdown, MSU. That's the voice of the Bulldogs, Neil Price, and he's on your radio right now as we speak. He is Hale State Voice on Twitter and Instagram. Give him a follow if you don't already. Neil, thanks for joining us here today on this uh, Reaction Monday. And, man, one of the things we're reacting to is everything that you saw go down last night. What was that scene like at the airport last night when Levy and Selman got off the airplane? Uh, pretty cool, you know, and uh, tip of the cap to all the people who showed up uh, down at Bryan Field uh, last night. There was a really good crowd there, uh, a lot of students, you know, a lot of a lot of fans who lived in the Golden Triangle, obviously, who showed up, you know, made a short trip. But I was really impressed by the number of students that came out last night uh, to meet Coach Levy and it was great atmosphere. You know, they had a DJ there and had music going and, they set up the hangar where they actually store um, the university jet and had some big video boards in there and obviously lights and, more importantly, heat, maybe. They had some <laughs> heat in there, which was important, uh, you know, but, but really cool. Um, you know, and I, I didn't get a chance to obviously speak to, to Coach Levy's family, but they walked out the walkway with him uh, from the airplane, and they were right in the middle of all of those fans who were there and all the cowbells, I think maybe just looking at their facial reactions, they were a little taken aback uh, by the atmosphere. But uh, you you, want to make a great first impression. I think the state fans did a really nice job last night to to show Jeff Levy and his family how much they appreciate them being in Starkville. Sure. And, Neil, I was trying to count it up uh, to to make a point on a question. Is this your – do I have this right? This is your seventh year in the booth for Mississippi State football. Yes. Okay. This this ended the seventh year. Okay. Yes. All right. And so, in that amount of time, short amount of time, you've seen a lot of turnover at this particular spot. You were here for Mullen, for Moorhead, for Coach Leach, for Coach Arnett, for Coach Knox, now for Coach Levy. I mean, you've seen a lot of that. For you personally, like, is there an emotional kind of twisting and pulling and up and down when you with this kind of turnover that we've seen at head coach? Yeah, a little bit. I think just because you you work with these people on a semi regular basis. Now, I don't know that I would say I've ever been close friends with any of them, mm. and I think in in my line of work. And, and in coaching, I'd probably advise people against being close friends with the people you work with because it becomes an occupational hazard, it seems like, at some point. It's just a transitional business for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the, the thing I think about more, um, the thing I think about more, Matt, I, I just think if you're if you're going to build a successful program 
in any sport. Um, you know, we can use football as the example here. At some point, you have to bring in or commit to someone where you create stability. So I just finished seventh season doing the games and not counting Greg Knox's two terms as the interim head coach here, uh, I'm about to work with a sixth football coach yeah. heading into year eight. So, you, you know, I mean, you, you don't have to look. It's not just a Mississippi State thing. I mean, go and look at other programs in the Southeastern Conference. If that Tennessee went through a stretch like that, too, where they had a decade where it's kind of revolving door. Yeah. And, and look at a program there that historically has had a ton of resources and a lot to work with, and even they struggled to find any kind of consistent success with the on-field product because you had so much upheaval. I, I hope with Jeff Levy that this becomes a long-term solution that brings some stability because I think that's what this program needs right now more than anything. They they need a steady hand at the wheel um, to kind of keep this thing going, and and hopefully we're not doing this again in two or three years. You know. Sure, sure. Neil Price on your radio right now. He is at Hale State Voice, lead play by play announcer for Mississippi State. Neil was at the airport last night. Big crowd, like he said, they had video boards in the hangar. And Neil, they gave you and Coach Levy a microphone. You interviewed him. Uh, effectively, he had a few comments. What did you make of that? What what he said and his impression on you, like initially last night? Oh, I think he won the crowd over. Uh, you know, and I mean that's what you want to do. You want to make a good first impression if you're new to the area, and you know, obviously set the tone. And you know, here's a guy who's 39 years old, and he certainly uh, exuded all of the enthusiasm uh, that you would expect from a younger head coach, uh, I think he said all the right things. You know, he wants the team to play with swagger. He wants the program to have some swag about it, and I think that certainly appeals to to young people today, whether they're they're suiting up and playing or whether they're, they're students who are looking for something to get behind with the program. You know, I, I think all that resonated well, and, you know, he leaned right into the fact, hey, uh, we're going to score a bunch of points. Because that's what his reputation is as an offensive coordinator. He knows how to put points on the board, and people are really excited about that, obviously. And now it comes down to who are the people that are going to go out there and execute the plays that put all those points on the board, you know? And they had several members of the football team there last night. Uh, they all came down. Uh, Coach Levy got on the bus with them and rode back to campus. So had a meeting with them. Uh, so he's, he's kind of, I'm sure, already laying out the early vision uh to those guys and you know transfer portal will be a part of it trying to make sure you re-recruit some guys who might be on the fence and obviously bringing guys in out of the portal so um again that's on social media uh it's out there you know so hopefully as big an impression as it made on everyone at brian field last night that that same message will land with some people who are looking for a place they want to play football yeah Neil, uh, what about Zach Selman doing a little crowd surfing last night? You ever seen an AD do that? You know, and I missed it last night because where I was back in the back, I, I did good to see Jeff Levy and his family um, walking out that runway uh, to know when to step up onto that 
platform and, and kind of beat him and and lead him into the interview. Uh, there there was just such a big crowd in there last night. Uh, but yeah, uh, I've never heard of an AD doing that. I saw some of the pictures. Uh, so yeah, I mean, hey, uh, again, young guy, uh, you're trying to to make a connection with people, and uh, and big moment for him to be perfectly honest about it. I mean, yeah. first time he's hired a football coach. So I mean, yeah, celebrate. You know, you feel like you've done the right thing. Yeah, celebrate, enjoy it. I don't blame him for that. Yeah, don't blame him. Celebrate, have a little fun. Neil Price on your radio right now. On the Divini Equipment phone line, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Speaking of having fun, Neil, uh, you and Coach Williams are having some fun calling these basketball games when you've had a chance to. Uh, 6-0, and you got a nationally ranked team, and that's without Tolu Smith right now. I mean, is it is it too early to start making plans in March? <laughs> I mean... Six and zero and ranked. It feels pretty good right now. It's fun to watch. Yeah, and and hey, you know, if you've been on the fence about state basketball, get on that limb with us. You know, uh, I think that it's, uh, I think it's a good year. Uh, you know, and I think you know the start to be at six and zero, and to your point, you know, ranked number twenty one in the country uh, right now. I, I think it speaks volumes to <clears throat> the job that that Coach Jans and the staff did in recruiting you know, between season one and season two because they're able to go out and rather than trying to re-recruit some pieces of the roster like they were when they first got here leading into year one and then kind of trying to put a team together, they they had some time to know what they were going to get back uh, and then kind of be very selective in the people they brought in to fill Mm -hmm. the open spots in the roster. I don't know how you can look at Jimmy Bell right now and not say he's one of the top pickups out of the transfer portal for any team in the country um, with the way that he's played. And, uh, man, I mean, you know, here's a guy who didn't play a ton at West Virginia, came in, got himself in shape, and he has been a difference maker uh, in in a major way. And then you've you've got Trey Fort, who has been off to a great start. He's cooled off shooting a little bit, but Coach was talking in a press conference earlier today, you know, if, if your jumper's not falling, what are you going to do to move the needle? And Trey showing up at the defensive end mm-hmm. uh, against Nichols in that game this past weekend. He showed up rebounding. Uh, so they've done a really nice job there, you know, and, and they've supplemented <clears throat> they've supplemented the returning pieces they have by going out and finding some really good players. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch this point. They're still hanging their hat on defense, but it feels like now they've got enough guys that they can go out and they can score and make some things happen. And, boy, I tell you, to be a true freshman, um, I'm awful glad Josh Hubbard's on this team. It has been fun watching him play. And, I mean, he's shown us different ways that he can do it. He can knock down the outside shot. He can put it on the floor and get to the basket. Uh, He's just going to get better. You know, I mean, so uh, I think the ceiling is still pretty high for this group. I really do. Neil Price on your radio. Follow him on social media at Hale State Voice. Staying connected via C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. So you mentioned Jimmy Bell against Nichols. He only played 18 minutes, but he had a double-double, 11 points, 10 rebounds. And, hey, what about uh, what about Keyshawn Murphy, his first game back after the energy, injury? How did he look to you? Yeah, he, he looked like a guy who was playing his first game. 
but he looked like a guy who was really excited to be back out there too. And uh, did it on his birthday, uh, so oh. a pretty good day to come back. So that's a <laughs> that's a good birthday present for Keyshawn. Um, you could see at times, though, Matt, and we have seen it. You know, even even last year, he's a highly skilled guy, yeah. good passer for his size, and he he made some of those plays against Nichols while he was out there, but. When the game kind of got sideways and out of hand, you know, he he maybe tried to do a little too much, wound up turning it over a little bit. Just, you know, that, that stuff that will come with more reps, more practice, um, he'll clean all that up. But he can help them. You know, and, and that's the thing where, you know, I asked Coach Jans about this after the Nichols game, you know, this past Friday. Uh, okay, so Tolu Smith hasn't played yet. And State's done a really nice job on that front line with Jimmy Bell and Cam Matthews and Jeffries and Guy Chole has come in and played some minutes. And now you get Keyshawn Murphy back, so that gives you another piece there. And ultimately, you'll get Tolu Smith back somewhere. You know, they keep telling us about mid-January. You look at that front line, and it's kind of hard not to be excited about what that group could do because now you've got some real depth. And it's only going to help Guy Chole that he's having to play right now. You know, I, I don't know that anybody wanted to throw him into that the deep end of the pool this early in his career. Mm-hmm. I think the plan probably was to redshirt him at the start of the year. But he will only get better because he's had to go out and play at this stage of his career. And, we, and you can see parts of it now. I mean, you can. He needs to put a little more weight on. But, I mean, you can see him improving from game to game. So, I'm excited about that front line, and and Keyshawn's going to be a part of it. He is. Yeah. Big, long, tall. So he came back on his birthday, got six points in 11 minutes. Most of that was at the free-throw line, but you you mentioned he had two assists in there also um, and a couple of rebounds in in that amount of time. So it's just good to get him back and get a little bit closer, I guess, Neil. Like, that's just with him back, now we're one step closer to seeing what that team may look like in SEC play, and, and we got to wait on Tolu to, to get a full look at it, I guess. Yeah, and, and you know, it'll be interesting, too. With with Tolu, if if the guy is out on the perimeter, you know, Hubbard, Fort, um, Rams, Davis, you know, if, if those guys continue to shoot the ball well, mm-hmm. what things can open up for Tolu Smith? Um, you know, I, I'm excited to see how that looks because last year Tolu get the ball and immediately he's got two or three guys around him and they're trying to force him to get it back out the perimeter because they they just take their chances with a team that didn't shoot it outside very well trying to beat them from the three-point line and you know now if you got to respect you know those guys you can't afford to really dip that deep into the paint I think Jimmy Bell's been a beneficiary of some of that early, but I think the other thing, too, is is Jimmy Bell's probably surprised some people with his touch yep. in there, too. Um, he's used both hands, uh, you know, which which I, I didn't know he had that in his game. He's shown the ability to use both effectively. Um, so I, I think State's got two really, really good options when they get to SEC play at the five spot between Tolu and Jimmy Bell. And then, like I say, you can rotate some pieces in at, at three and four and make some stuff happen. Um, I don't. They've not had that kind of depth since I've been here. I, I can't recall that they've had that kind of depth since I've been here. Sure. 
Well, and I saw where Bell was uh, five of seven, maybe, at the free throw line the other night. So he shot a high percentage yeah. at the free throw. And I guess, what, he's right at, what, 71% for the year. So you get a big guy in there who they don't want to put him on the foul line in certain situations. And, I mean, it's just a weapon you hadn't really had. No, and they had they had an uncharacteristically bad day shooting free throws as a team against Nichols on Friday. Probably the worst they've had all year. But a season ago, you couldn't count on yeah. anyone on that front line, to your point, to step up there when they got fouled and make free throws. I mean, Tolu was still just a, a 40 or 50-some percent free throw shooter a year ago. So, yeah, I mean, that's what those guys are going to do. If you get the ball in their hands, they're going to get fouled. They're going to get opportunities. So you need him to make free throws. I, I think Cam Matthews is a great example of that because early in his career, mm-hmm. he was not a great foul shooter yeah. and really worked on it, and now he's gotten much better at it. And, I mean, you know, Cam's going rebounding. Yep. He's getting a lot of garbage points because of the effort he's putting up on the glass. He's also getting fouled a lot, getting those offensive rebounds and putbacks, and he's making people pay for it. Yep. Good stuff. Excited about basketball. Big event tonight for Coach Levy, everything else. Neil, thanks for spending some time with us here today on this Monday, and uh, look forward to seeing you and listening to you soon. Thank you. All right, Matt. Thanks. Thank you. That's Neil Price. Follow him online at Hale State Voice. Hour two, just getting started. Stick around. See, I, I like an honest fan, and I think my, my man, RLD, who's a Bama fan, I think he's an honest fan, and he says here on the uh, Murray West live thread, he's on, watching on YouTube today, he says, Matt, yeah, he pushed off, but didn't the DB have hands on him a little early, too? <laughs> okay, I have to go back and look. <laughs> now, this is my point, RLD, I really do think there are, even in a game like that, even in a game like that Iron Bowl, okay, you do have examples where the officiating crew kind of had a little bit of an issue at times versus both teams. I mean, the missed face mask early in the game, <laughs> they about pulled the guy's helmet off for Auburn and, and didn't call face mask on Alabama. An insult to injury, they called some penalty on Auburn. And it really is true, like, it wasn't like it was in a scrum of people. <laughs> it's right out in the broad daylight, and it's the guy with the ball. Like, how does no official see him get his helmet turned completely like or backward? How does nobody see how what are they looking at? <laughs> really? Okay, but later, like I described, the whole situation where they called Alabama offsides for jumping in the neutral zone when Auburn snapped the ball, the center did intentionally go ahead and snap the ball early because the lineman for Alabama jumps in the neutral zone. The problem was 
clearly to anybody with one good eye. Just one. You don't even need two. You just need one. Auburn had four guys moving. Well, maybe three. Two in motion. Another one trying to get out. They're all moving at once. They even got together and talked about that one and still called offsides on Alabama. You could read Nick Saban's lips. He goes, y'all got it wrong. You got that one wrong. <laughs> and I guarantee you, they probably even knew that. But how, here's my thing. How do you get that wrong when you stand there and talk about it for 45 seconds amongst about three of you? All you got to do is go, hey, hey, did Auburn have more than one guy moving when they snapped the ball? The answer is yes. Okay. Well, here's what we got to decide. That means it's illegal motion, false start, okay, on Auburn, which is technically what? A pre-snap penalty. Well, if it's pre-snap, then how can we also call offsides, which is (laughs) post-snap? If the false start stops the play, then there never was a play. The best thing they could have done, even if it's wrong, would have been to say those are offsetting penalties. Auburn, penalty on Auburn, illegal formation, whatever, call it that. Penalty Alabama, offsetting, do it over. That would have been the best. They fouled that up. So then at the end, I'm just telling you, if that had been a Mississippi State receiver who did like this to the DB, whoosh, like, whoo, <laughs> especially when you slow it down, they'd have called offensive pass. They'd have called push off on State. Promise you. Guess what? They'd have called it on Auburn. They would have called it on Ole Miss 10 out of 10 times. It would have been push off on the receiver. But in that situation, they already messed one up. And Saban's already told me I was wrong. And he was, and he's probably right on that. I'm swallowing this flag. I ain't calling that on Alabama right here. This just a fact. <laughs> it's just a fact. RLD says, there is a view from behind the end zone, like the third replay in CBS where the DB is holding him. Okay. Was it while the ball was in the air? Or was he holding him during the play? Maybe there, maybe then you let it go. Like if you're the official back there and you were thinking, holding, I'm swallowing. And then you got to swallow it on the other one too. And RLD said, but I will agree. Man, those officials were struggling. Oh, yes, the guy who blindsided the poor punter. Oh, man, yeah. Big old joker. <laughs> Wearing like number 80, 90-something. Big old dude. <laughs> and this little bitty skinny punter. Dink, 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 dink. <laughs> he didn't even see him coming. Bam! And that big dude laid on him on the ground. Like it was like big brother picking on little brother. <laughs> Wasn't it? Wouldn't even let him get up. That was hilarious, and it should have been a penalty <laughs> all at the same time. All right, now let's head over to the phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. More Bully on line one. What's up, More Bully? Happy Monday to you. More Bully. Let me try it one more time. More Bully. All right, I can't hear him. Let's try it another time. Let's see Millwood on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves all around the Southeast. I woke up this morning, went in there to start cooking breakfast, opened up the drawer, 
in the fridge. And there was no country pleasing in there. I forgot that I ate the last little bit of that pepper jack and green onion yesterday for breakfast and forgot to put some more in there to let it thaw overnight. <laughs> so now I'm going to have jalapeno and cheddar. I'm just going to have to have it later in the day. Uh, Millwood Texan says, Matt, in your opinion, who is the most important slash critical hire for Levy moving forward? Is it a defensive coordinator, strength and conditioning coach, etc.? Well, I actually think it is those two, but but add one to it, and it's offensive line coach. Um, and those are your three most critical hires. And then, you know, it's like job to job, you rank them in different orders depending on what maybe the biggest need is. I, I just, I feel like, I, my personal opinion, his most important hire to me is the offensive line coach. Next is strength and conditioning. That would be 1A, 1B. So 1A is offensive line coach, 1B is strength and conditioning, and 1C is defensive coordinator. I mean, they're all super, super, super important. But I got offensive line coach at the top of it because, look, it's just – it's so important. And and you you want to see how important it is? Go back and watch some games we just watched, those 12 games we just watched. That was tough. St. Louis Vic texts the show. He says, I feel bad for Will and the other upperclassmen in the state. You go from having a pretty good sophomore season, nice bowl win, to being stripped of your comfort zone on the field by a new system and now even more unknowns. He says hopefully he'll be able to make it work in this new system. Well, see, Will is actually – last year was his junior year, so so this year was technically his fourth year, senior type of year. But he's got more eligibility, and so as, like, as soon as the Egg Bowl was over, he's into the uh, transfer portal. Steve and I agree. He texts the show. He said, how fortunate is State to have Neil Price on the radio? He's so good at it, football and basketball. He really is. He does a fantastic job. I love listening to he and Coach Williams do the basketball games on radio. Uh, and, and I love working with him doing the football games. I really do. I enjoy it. Patches O'Hulahan says, the loss is 100% on Auburn. It's their fault. <laughs> well, yeah. What, for fumbling the, the punt? Yeah, for fumbling the punt. How does that guy slip down like that? Bless his heart. Wasn't that... <laughs> I saw a funny thing uh, on social media, you know. So it was the Auburn punt returner. He's looking straight up in the air, going to catch a punt. He makes one little step, and his right leg just went right out from under him, and he falls down, the ball hits the ground, Alabama recovers. And somebody showed the replay of that, like on Twitter, and they said, the ghost of Bear Bryant kicked that man in the leg. <laughs> yeah, their wording was funnier than mine, but it was. <clears throat> uh, Steve and Brandon says, DBs on both teams were draping the receivers. They weren't calling pass interference on either side of the ball. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so they were just letting them play. 
Maybe that's a good thing. Jason in Flagstaff says, I don't care how it happened. Broken heart, Hugh Freeze is worth it. <laughs> he says also something nobody's mentioned is Georgia struggling with Georgia Tech, and they did. Rivalry game weirdness. Tech better than everyone thought? And or is Georgia vulnerable all of a sudden? You know, wouldn't you? Georgia has had that game. They had one other game where they looked vulnerable. Was it Missouri maybe that made them look a little bit But Missouri's pretty good. I don't know. When the game, when it was really important and they were playing a team that they thought could threaten them, Ole Miss, they took Ole Miss behind the woodshed. And like physically just, I'm talking about paddled them for three and a half hours. <laughs> I don't think Georgia's vulnerable, actually. It's almost like they just need a challenge to really get going. Bulldog 44 Texas show says, are there any current state assistants that you think Coach Levy should really try to retain? Well, I hope so. I mean, I don't know because I don't know who he wants to work with and who he likes and who he's friends with and who he trusts. I don't know, but you know, you asking me my opinion, a guy like Bumpus, man, I would love to see Chad Bumpus have a way to stay and, you know, not to single others out, but a guy like, you know, Tony Hughes and Greg Knox, I would love for there to be a way for those guys to still be a part of your program. But I'm not the coach, so it ain't up to me. All right. A little bit of time left with you here on this Reaction Monday. Coming to your texts, your comments on the Murray West live thread. All coming up. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. With a Matt Lyon show, ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team. All right, let's see. Uh, what do we have? Where do we, we want to go comments first? Okay, let's do comments first on the live thread, the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. Need your logo embroidered on something? A contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi. They do business statewide. All kinds of, just about every high school you can think of is sending their stuff to them and, and other great companies. You can see them there on the, the website. Go to murraywest.com. So if you need your logo embroidered on something for your business, your company, your team, your church, that's where you go. Go to Murray West right here in Mississippi. Uh, JS290 said neutral zone infraction is pre-snap penalty. Okay, so, but here's the thing, though, JS290, I don't think offsides is because that's why they let the play go. Okay, neutral zone infraction would be what? Jumping into the neutral zone and, like, either drawing because of your Neutral zone infraction, you've, you cause the offense to false start or you touch them. Okay, and that's pre-snap. But offside, you're just across the line when the offense snaps the ball. And, like, if the offense – that's why if, if somebody crosses the line, don't touch anybody, NFL and college football, you snap it, we got a free play because they're offside. I'm getting five yards anyway, so I'm going to take a free play so we can get more. They'll let the play go if it's just offsides. Make sense? 
that's what I understood they called against Alabama on that situation. They called offsides, and they did let the play go, didn't they? Because Auburn took a free play, threw an interception, it got returned, but nobody cared because you knew it was coming back for offsides because the flag came out. But they didn't stop the play for false start, and it should have because Auburn had three guys in motion. They blew it. Saban told them, y'all blew that one. <laughs> so, I mean, he is what it is. All right. Uh, Josh on the Country Pleasing text line says, Matt, can you explain the situation? I've heard you mention it in the past. Oh, oh no, in the post-game show about opposing coaches in the press box at the end of the game. Well, Josh, I didn't mention it. That That might have been mentioned by either Bart or Charlie. I don't remember it exactly who mentioned it. It wasn't me because I didn't see it or hear it. But I know they did, and I think many other people did too, Josh. There was something that happened at the end of the game. It was told to me that it was uh, an Ole Miss coach that, you know, the game's over, they're winning, and he walked through the press box screaming at the top of his lungs some, you know, unpleasantries directed at anybody regarding Mississippi State and then got on the elevator, continued to scream. The thing was, I didn't hear it myself. I, You know, I'm in there in the radio booth with headphones on. It was told to me. So in terms of a firsthand account of what happened, you'll have to get it from somebody else. But make the distinction too, Josh. And that happens a lot of times. You know, like somebody will say, well, Matt said, but it wasn't me. I didn't see it. I didn't hear it. Somebody else is the one who would have relayed that. All right, back over to the phone line. More Bully is back on line one of the Divinity phone. What's up, More Bully? Matt. Yo. All right. I heard you. I could hear you the last time. Oh, we just couldn't hear uh, you? That's all right. We're good. Yeah. Hey, one thing. Tell me what that punter sounded like running down the field again. <laughs> It's almost like almost like Mr. Bill on uh, Saturday Night yeah. Live. Remember that? Oh yeah, no, yeah. Mr. Bill! Yeah. And, here, and here goes the punter, and this big old six-five, about two hundred and sixty-pound, I'm talking about bodybuilder, comes out of nowhere and bam! It's a punter. And then he laid on top of him, and the punter's like flailing around. He's like, I can't get up. <laughs> I, was I think watching. the only thing that guy didn't—the only thing that guy didn't do to him was take his helmet off and get him a dookie, <laughs> <laughs> pick him up off the ground, give him a great big wedgie right out there at the fifty-yard line. That's about the only thing he didn't do. Uh, yeah. it looked just was, like backyard football. Big brother picking on yeah. little brother is exactly what it looked yep. like. <laughs> Like, stay down, stay down, <laughs> <Yeah>. stay down. <laughs> uh, and I know they wanted a penalty for that, but, man, it was so funny. And here's the thing about it, Morbilly. I guarantee you that punter's teammates on Alabama were laughing, too. They were laughing at oh, it, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's going around on their text messages or Snapchat oh, I, or something. I guarantee you it is. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> um, man, I had a question, and I forgot what it was. Shoot. Dead gummer. Well, oh, I know. I have one question. Okay. You think we're going to get that Oklahoma quarterback? Well, see, I I don't have anything to go on 
other than just people mentioning that, like like you're doing, like, hey, what do you think? So, I mean, yeah. I've heard the rumor, but I don't have anything to go on. You know, like nobody's looked at me and said, hey, this is a real possibility, you know. I just know that in today's, in this day and age, the idea of a player going to play somewhere for one year because he likes the system, it happens all the time. I, I would think it's right. a possibility. Well, I tell you what gives me intrigued is there's a wide receiver that went into the portal, too. Uh-huh. From Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, see, I don't, you know, and I know he doesn't have experience, but to me, the Parson kid. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he can play. No, no. The Chris Parson at state, the freshman that played something this year. Oh yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. I mean, that kid can play and he's going to be very good. And I, I can guarantee you that Levy has watched just, three or four plays, just a little bit, already knows and is probably already thinking, you know, this cat right here, he can run this offense. Is this offense – what's the similarity to this offense to the air raid? Well, okay, here's what I – here. I'm going to answer you as honestly as I can, more bully. Number one. Okay. Number one, I'm going to go watch more of it. Number two – my impression on the surface, without having watched more of it with a with a keen eye, is that it's not like the air raid. That's my impression of it. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I, I I think that one of the biggest differences I, I just know from when he was coaching at Ole Miss is they run a lot of plays and go really fast at times. Um, right. Which, you know, is direct opposite of the air raid. So, and that's where the conditioning coach comes in. I would think so. Right? I would think so. Yeah. But, you know, what that does is and, – and sometimes what it does against certain opponents is it kind of hides your offensive line a little bit. Not not hiding them, but it helps them, I guess is what I should say, in that you have less times where it's like second and nine and you know it's a throwing situation and the, and the defense is going to just tee off on a pass rush, you know. You, yeah. You're hustling up and it. you're snapping the ball a lot before they're really ready, and they can't substitute as much, so it kind of can help your offensive line. But I'm going to go watch some more of it, and then maybe then I can give you a better, more specific answer. Well, I'm going to leave you with this. Now that football season's over, I need you to get comfy on the on the sofa and watch this basketball team. I've been watching them. man, yeah. they are fun. Yes, they are. The chemistry – and I think it was uh, it was Hubbard that talked about it. it was either Hubbard or Bell that talked about it. The, the thing he likes most about the team is they came from different places, but their chemistry is just right there already. Yeah, and they enjoy playing with each other. Well, and that's to me a big deal. But that's a that's that points right back to the head coach. You know, sure. for for yeah, creating an atmosphere where he can where where players. Well, let me put it this way. Creating an atmosphere where he can coach as hard as he coaches, you ought to see him in practice. But players actually take to it. Barry's just the same. I mean, he this it is fast paced and it is loud. Their entire practice, it's like watching a tennis match back and forth. You better get your neck loose because it's back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> and get your neck loose. Yeah, you know because right. it's intense. And I think I think that's what's impressive to me is. As hard as he coaches and as hard as they work, 
they, the kids come in here and just take to it. It's almost like, you know, a lot yeah. of coaches out there think you got to be nice to them and, and so that they'll want to stay and play for you. But really, it's really the opposite. It's true. Guys just want to be coached hard, made better, and given a chance to win. And, hey, I'm going to say this on that note real quick. Is your point right there about it's about the head coach. Look at Howard. Yeah. And how he was. Yeah, that's right. Compared to how Jans is. No question. And you could tell they, didn't really play, they weren't playing for him. You could just tell it. That's it. Well, and, uh, part of that was because he was a – He'd always have one or two guys that he was kind of preoccupied with getting them certain minutes and certain numbers, and right. it was more of an individual thing than it was a a team thing. Anyway, that's my deal on that. Yeah. Hey, did you see where the women put up 102 last night? Yeah, I did, and they're what undefeated and ranked and everything too, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're looking good. All right. And look. Sam's a good, intense guy, too. I like him. Yeah. Well, and so, we got, right. basketball in this state's about to be fun. It's, it is fun again for for a lot of folks, but it's fixing to yeah. you know, go up. We've well, enjoyed it so far. Yep. All right. See you, brother. All right. See you, man. Appreciate the phone call. That's for more bully. All right. More of your comments, texts, phone calls tomorrow. Same time, same place. For Beaver, I'm Matt. All of us here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. See you tomorrow.